exciting news. Yes. It is launch week around these parts. So our Wayman Unlimited onboarding coaching program is now open for enrollment. If you are a digital creator who's looking to add more predictability, more profit, and more peace into your business, our Wayman Unlimited program is here to help you. Through our monthly onboarding coaching sessions, we'll remove the overwhelm of growing your business and give you specific marketing tactics to focus on each month so you can grow, but at a sustainable pace. Because we're all steady, about... Steady. Slow growth around here. We take a slow and steady approach to running a calm business so you can reach your business goals without sacrificing your well-being. By the way, also included in Wayman Unlimited is a lifetime account to our core software, Tea Tree, which is the most customizable and brandable course platform on the market. You also get access to a member favorite group accountability system we call Wayme of Stones. That's Please right. don't sue us, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where we blend fun and action taking together in our weekly Wayme Slack community through doing some accountability and sharing our goals, getting our tasks done every single week. That's right. If you are interested in joining Wayman Unlimited, head to wanderingaimfully.com slash join to learn more and get all the details. And just as a reminder, the doors will be open until March 26th. Hello there, and welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. In this episode, we talk about co-mingling finances. This is the first episode you've ever listened to slash watched. I'm Jason. That's Caroline. If you're on YouTube, hello. <laughs> if you're not on YouTube, I just waved. So hello. just know that we're waving. And hello, yes. <laughs> so we talk about uh, bringing all of our finances into one unit as a family. Yes. So that means getting rid of personal bank accounts, Ooh, getting rid uh. of personal budgets, how do you deal with those things? How do you deal with a power dynamic of a couple where one person may make more than another? We explore this. What are the benefits of commingling your finances? What are the potential pitfalls? Why did we decide to do that? What was that journey like in the early days where we had separate bank accounts, but we were still paying for things together? And what were some of the roadblocks that we hit along the way? So we, we cover all of that. We answer some audience questions. Heck yeah. And we just generally talk about our views on money, how it's changed over the years, and maybe how how it can change for you if you're just not sure what you should be doing with your finances or budgets or anything. So we hope this episode is helpful. And uh, as I would like to say, just to start this off, you should follow all of our advice to a T and not have any thoughts of your own. No. Do not think critically about anything that we say. <laughs> Do not have your own opinions. No. We take this all with a grain of salt. This is just how we kind of run our lives and why we do it that way. We hope it's interesting for you. We hope it gives you a unique perspective. And we hope that it you can use the information to take what you will from it and apply it to your own life. Hey there, we're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt, all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. Let's co-mingle. Those finances. Whoa. How do you make that sound dirty? Oh, did I? Yes. Wow. You're like that episode of Friends where Joey's like, this is Grandma's not chicken salad. This doesn't land for me because I think I've seen one episode of I Friends, know. which was the Thanksgiving special where what? they played football. Fine. That's a very popular episode. So you're, oh, okay. you're pretty basic. But what I'm saying is, I don't care that you don't watch it. Some of our listeners do. And they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, Grandma's chicken salad. Do you want to do a little AS? Co Stop MR? it. Co-mingling finances. AS. 
M. Jason watched one ASMR documentary and he thinks he knows like what is going on. Um, okay, let's not go down that rabbit hole because that's going to start a whole bundle of things. Let's Talk. get the elephant out of the room. Get it out. Go for it. I had shingles. Had? <laughs> I had. No, I had. Does well, it, everyone has it. Right. No, that's not Herpes, true. Herpes, pa- no, that's not Pavloma. Every- no. Pavlo- so Pavlovian dog. Pavlov's dog. Dog. Yeah. You're so bad at this. Yeah. I. But also good at it. No, I didn't know what shingles was. And as it turns out, for those of you who don't know, when your immune system is suppressed and you are stressed out, if you had chicken pox when you were little, the virus that causes chicken pox basically says, cool, you're weak, you're dumb, you're stupid. I'm just kidding. Wow, really? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really offensive. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's a very offensive virus. It's yeah. very mean. Such a bully. No, it's like, now I think this is a great time for me, the chicken pox virus which is not whatever Jason said, is going to flare up again and it's going to cause a rash and it's going to cause debilitating nerve pain. And it usually shows up just in like in a cluster. So basically from like the back of my head down to my neck and my shoulder. Anyway, it's, this it part takes, of you, this part this of, you part of me, yeah. this side, it takes a very long time to recover from this, which I was not aware of. Right. So when I got sick and I was down and out for like a week, I was like, this is fine. I'll just, I'll take this some This has meds. nothing to do with co-mingling finances, but no, I just no, no. needed everyone to know in case you're like, I feel like Caroline was a little bit lower energy yeah. in this episode or That's what That's why you. we're bringing it up yeah. is that if you hear this and you're like. But also the show must go on, you know? I know. But if the I don't have as people want it's true. what the people want. It's true. But if you don't hear as many jokes as I normally have, or if I'm constantly touching my shoulder because there's still a lot of pain, that's why. Bummer. Bummer. Hey, would you mind doing me a favor and use the coaster for its intended purpose? This, that's so Monica of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue to make friends references that you don't get. Uh, was there a friends quiz that went around Facebook when like all oh, the quizzes I'm were sure. going around? Yeah. So you, it's like, which character would you be? You'd be a Monica. Really? A hundred percent. Just type A. Yeah. Not Phoebe? I'm a Phoebe. <laughs> You're a Phoebe. <laughs> Who's Rachel in our uh, circle of friends? I, I don't know that we have a Rachel. Circle of friends. Maybe I'm a Rachel. Friends. I don't know. Comment below. Do you think I'm a Rachel or a Phoebe? <laughs> I think you're a Joey. Maybe I'm a Chandler. You're probably a Chandler. Yeah. No. All right. Let's talk about commingling finances. Okay. Where do you want to begin? I think, so to be completely honest, to give the people at home an idea of where we're starting. How much money we, we have in our bank account? Yeah. It's $16. Since we totally and completely broke down all the walls between all of our uh, accounts, so totally commingled finances, it's been about, what would you say, five or six years now? Yeah, I think we Five years? we started dating. We had separate accounts. We committed to being together. We decided well, no, we were going to be together. Don't start at the beginning. That's where I do want to start, but I just want to give. Well, you- yeah, I'm just trying to like get caught up. And okay. then it's like you moved in with me, and then you started working for me, and then I actually think it was after I wore your shirt. No, because remember, I was still getting um, the Better Lettering Course sales in my bank account, and that was a big point of contention. Right, but I'm saying I think it was I'm saying it was after I wear your shirt. Well, so certainly. It was after 2013. I'm trying. I'm just having a timeline here. No, I know you're just going about it the reverse way that I wanted you to. <laughs> I had a very clear well, idea. That's of, not a relationship. I was, I was trying to problem. pitch it up to you the way that is. I wanted you to do it, and you did it the opposite way. So <laughs> I just want to let everyone know at home. Questionable if we're going to keep this. No, on no way. This. No, it's forever. But I do think that's a really interesting. A diamond aside, is forever. First of all, a diamond is forever, just like you. Uh, <laughs> that is a really interesting thing, though, is that finances can tear a relationship apart. Big time. What brought you there? Because I I took the ring off. 
Oh, so that was your segue. Metaphor. It's true. Metaphor. If you're not on the same page, it can be hard. So that's actually why we wanted to do this episode because I yeah. think we've landed now later on in our relationship, um, you know, at a place where we, I think, have a very healthy relationship with our finances and and so as a family unit, but we it wasn't always that way. Going back to your initial question, yes. I believe we've been commingling finances for four years. Okay. I believe. That is what I wanted to say. So the whole point of me pointing that out is that I would love to go back and try to remember what it was like before we did that and what those conversations were like and what those hesitations were and what some of those points of conflict were. And because one thing I've noticed from talking to people, even our age, people that are married, everybody has their own way they set it up. People have separate accounts and they have different responsibilities. People have completely together accounts. People have one account that's a joint account and they have their own accounts. We have all the same accounts. So do you want to, do you want to start at where we are now or do you want to go back to the beginning? No, we can start with where we are now. Okay. So where we are now is we have one main joint household checking account. It's just a normal checking account. Um, I have a business account for my main business, which is like the overarching thing. The, uh, it's an S corporation. Um, so that has its own business checking account. You have a business checking account for your main overarching business thing, which is made vibrant. Uh-huh. Mine's a really awesome company incorporated by the way. Um, so we have those three accounts that are basically our main accounts. So like money comes into the business accounts, it gets funneled into the household account. And then the household account essentially pays things for living expenses and whatever our, and then our business expenses all get paid on credit cards. And then we pay those credit cards off with our business accounts at the end of the month. Uh, well, well, every week, every week. Yeah. But the- so that's, that's the structure of our accounts. And then we also have an external savings account that is not related because those three are in Wells Fargo, unfortunately, then they're linked essentially. Yes. The other one is completely outside, completely separate bank. And the reason for that is purposeful because we wanted, well, we learned that you needed to have it completely separate. So you don't see that money as available money. Totally. A couple of things I want to point out as caveats in all of that. Um, yes, Yes, we have a joint account and then individual business bank accounts. However, those the business bank accounts really only exist as an entity to catch the income. So right. like sales and money that people pay us flow into the business account for accounting purposes. However, we don't think of those as like, like I don't think of my Made Vibrant business as account personal. as like my personal right. account that I'm going to spend my own money on. Um, any type of personal expenses that we have come out well, we get, they get put on a credit card, but they get paid out through our joint household account. So quite literally our money is completely shared. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and now we're to the place where a lot of our even business ventures, especially with wandering aimfully are joint ventures. So, um, at some point we will consolidate and have a joint business account. Um, but for right now it's fine. They go through like you know, my bank account or my business account, which it doesn't matter because it all flows into one account. So we are under the, that works for us because. Well, and also needs to work for everyone who's listening to this. You have to do it our way <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah. If you listen this to this show, why you're listening to the show. You're like, change your entire life. We're going to be Jason and Caroline. Exactly what Very these good. two idiots on the internet are doing. That's right. One idiot and one nice person. Very good. I didn't mean to call you an idiot. I apologize. We started it inter- indirectly. So I'm going to let you off the hook on that one. Um, and also, whatever, if you're an idiot, I'm an idiot. You know, it's like an ad- oh, adaptation of the notebook. Like, you're a bird, I'm a bird. You I'm put it back on. camera. Oh, it's kind of hard to, like, do it back. Here you go, everybody. She's back in, folks. Bing. Bing. Um, God, it's so romantic, isn't it? If you're an idiot, I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, so, but the reason 
why does that work for us? Or how did we come to that agreement? So I think that this all started when, you know, we got serious in our relationship. We were committed to each other. Um, you know, we were dabbling with the conversation of marriage. Whoa. Wait, before you go there, I just had a flashback where, <laughs> where I was like, you can put your arm down. Now. Oh, <laughs> what did we do in the beginning when we first started dating? Like, did we, did we, did we alternate paying for like meals? Do you even remember? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think for the majority of it, I paid for the bulk of things, mm -hmm. but also because you had like a first job out of college, that's you didn't true. have a lot of money and I did have more money. So it just was easier. But and did we talk about that? That's, Because if I had when you money, could. yeah, it just made me feel really good. And it wasn't well, that's like, true. It was a weird, I want to look rich. Like that wasn't it. It was like, I just want to take care of my peeps. That's my, all I want to do. I was going to say my, people. My peeps. And I was going to say peeps. And they came out peeps. <laughs> my peeps. Yeah. Um, that's true. So it was kind of a unique situation because you, it was the height of I wear your shirt. We first started dating. So you were doing very well financially. I mean, you were accumulating debt, but whatever. Not at that time. <laughs> Not at that time. Not yeah. when we first started dating. Then when I got into the picture of the debt, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, But, and I sort of had a, a, an entry level job. So I guess you did pay for a lot of stuff. Um, but I think to answer your question, I think like if you were going to go to target or whatever, yeah. you would just pay for it out of your personal right. account. And then if I was going to go, um, you know, wherever I was going to go to do something, I would pay for it out of my personal account and everything. And then if it was joint stuff. And then if we went to like a restaurant together, yeah. I probably paid for it. And then there were probably some things where it was like, we go to Starbucks and like you would pay for it because right. it was less money. So totally. It was that so way. we did do that. Yeah. And that was my, so that was another thing I was going to bring up is that's a perfect example because like I would pay for the Starbucks knowing that it was so much less than whatever you paid for. But in those early days, I remember when things were separate, I remember very much being aware of the sort of imbalance of power. Like, mm -hmm. and maybe you didn't feel that being the person that paid for stuff, but like as the person who had less money and was not contributing as much financially to the team, I remember feeling like a chip on my shoulder about that, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, well, you should have made more money. Right. <laughs> That's obviously the, That's obviously <laughs> well, and I think it's fair to say, because I know this about myself, like never once did I ever put that on you as you a didn't. real thing. You didn't put that on me, uh, but no, 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 you didn't put that on me. However, I will say that, and maybe this goes into not just commingling finances, but like the power dynamic in a relationship with when it comes to money. But I remember in those days, especially when I started made vibrant and I was making $0 that you felt the weight and the financial pressure of carrying the family and the financial burden. And I think that's an interesting thing to dig into because in even talks with friends and things like that, I often can see where if there's one person who is like the quote unquote breadwinner, it's not that there's like a resentment. It's not that it, it's unhealthy. It's just there's a higher level of responsibility and pressure that I think the person who makes the more money feels. Right. And yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of like societal things that go into this. Yeah. There's a lot of like G gender, gender dynamics. dynamics that go into this. And, and for me personally, it was never about any of that stuff. It was just the acknowledgement of like, I have more money and we're going to do things. So like, I'll just pay for it and that's fine. And I actually don't ever remember a time probably except right when I wear your shirt shut down, made vibrant was just getting started. We both had no idea really what we were going to do to make money. That's mostly when I felt our personal pressure of carrying the finances. Yes. Before that, like literally right before that in the 2012, 
I was feeling the pressure of carrying finances for a company of yeah. seven people and $30,000 in salaries a month. And that was a lot of pressure for me, but that was different because it wasn't just you and me. It didn't involve yeah. us. It's also important to note here that when I was working for I Wear Shirt, it was a little bit silly because right. you were paying me. Right. So like you were making, yeah, but so like, right off, you know, but like, like think about, just think about how weird this is for a second, guys. <laughs> there was a period of time, uh, one and a half years or two years where you're paying me every month. Yeah. So if I do go to start, but not very much, cause I, that was part of our deal. I was like, you don't have to pay me a lot. I wasn't paying rent. I was yeah. living with you, whatever you were paying the mortgage. But part of that was you like doing the laundry. You're paying me yeah. for yes, work that I did working very hard, but still there was a part of me that's like, if I go to Starbucks and I pay for this coffee for both of us, <laughs> it's coming out of money that you essentially did give me. And yes, I know that I contributed to that. And you earned that money. And I earned that right. money, but it was a little bit of a silly cyc cyclical thing that just was like, wouldn't it make more sense to just like keep it all in one pot and pay for stuff out of that? Yeah. But I, and I will say this in those early years, I think you'd agree there was an evolution that I had to go through as a young woman trying to have a career and g grow up and be an adult where I wanted to prove that I could make my own money and that I was, you know, had my own kind of deal. So when Made Vibrant did start to pick up, I remember this was a little bit of the catch 22 thing where then I start seeing sales come into Made Vibrant's bank account and I th then I don't want to mingle finances. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you had... Because it felt so good to be making my own money and feeling independent and feeling you know, successful. I know how I felt all the time. Really good. I had all the... No. No, I, I'm just kidding. Well, and I do think it's really interesting just looking back on, on that time frame of our lives when our finances weren't commingled. And I think you were kind of getting to this question of like you know, what did we do? Like, what did we do? And I think it's just, it's probably what a lot of people who are in relationships that may be listening to this or watching this or what have you, that they just kind of just do random stuff. They wing it. Yeah. You just are like, well, I've got you my pay money for these and you, groceries. Yeah, whatever. And you've got some of this. And then, and I think uh, truthfully, this is my honest feeling. This is why I really want to talk about this in this episode is that I do feel like commingling finances is such an important step in a commitment of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like to me, if I hear of a couple, and I don't mean this as a broad generalization, I just mean this as like how I feel. It's not necessarily true, obviously. But that if a couple is like, yeah, we, we're married, but we have separate bank accounts. To me, that's a red flag. I'm like, that. that's only going to lead to some type of trouble or some type of problem down the road. I don't agree. Well, obviously, that's the point of us having a show. I know. <laughs> but I understand why you feel that way. And I get where you're coming from, which is because you... Okay, here's the thing that people probably know by now if they've listened to any other episodes of this show. Okay. But they ha if they haven't, this is a new person. This is a new person. What's up, new person? How are you doing? You... Did you leave a rating review on iTunes? Thanks. <laughs> you, your brain, the way that you work and the way that your personality works, like only traffics in honesty right? and radical transparency. Right. Like your brain does not understand why there would ever be any reason to not be radically transparent. Right. So I get that, that that's where you're coming from and, and that works for us. So you're like, why wouldn't it work for other people? However, I can see how there is a level of independence that you retain by having your own bank account because you get to yeah but so like listen to the scenario hold on one second, i know what you're gonna say what but i want to say it i'm gonna give a scenario and you're i know exactly what your rebuttal is can i <laughs> pretend to be you <laughs> sure go for it you gotta do my voice though and you gotta okay, like, well, okay, yeah. so um, this is me caroline this is you yeah, yeah saying the scenario is like okay 
I have my own bank account and I want to go get my nails done. Okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And you know, I, maybe we had just what had a conversation and like, we don't have a ton of money, but I, it would really make me feel good to go get my nails done. And I've decided that that's how I want to spend my money in my bank account. I go get my nails done. I don't tell you. I just, that's an indulgence that I get to have free of judgment because I know that if I tell you, you're going to go, Oh, you got your nails done and blah, blah, blah. This is not something you would actually do. I'm just saying in this scenario, it's a husband and wife and they've had this conversation before and she knows the husband's going to be like, Oh, the nails. Well, can I go to home Depot and get, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of work lights. I just want like a lot of work lights. And get my nails done. <laughs> get my, get nails. my nails done. At Home Depot, get my nails. Okay. <laughs> Didn't land. I got it. So that's the scenario, right? And then Jason, and then I say that. And then Jason comes in and he's like, he's like, yeah, but she's not being honest with her husband. And wouldn't you say that if her, if she's afraid of her husband judging her, that that's a bigger issue? Red flag, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, so uh, yes to that. But the other thing that I was actually going to say, oh. that's true. But the other thing is like, Let's say it's marriage or just we're committed to each other for life. If you're just like, hey, we're partners for life, we're, we've committed to that. Now, if you're before that stage, then I get it. There's a lot of ambiguity. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. But if you've committed, if you're married, and that's what I brought up was my like. This or is my spiritually thing. married. Or spiritually married. Yeah, whatever it is. And you essentially say to that other person, till death do us part. We're, you know, we're better together. Like everything is better as one person, you know, one group unit, whatever then you don't need a personal bank account. There is no more of you having a personal bank account. That's not what you're opting in for. That's not what you're literally making a commitment well, for. Well, then I would say, as devil's advocate to that, this is not my actual position, but I love <laughs> disagreeing with you. <laughs> Again, the point of this show. Uh, yeah, but when I hear you say that, my devil's advocate to that would be... Okay, but the point of a marriage is not to become one person. The point of a marriage is to be individuals and to retain your individual soul and your and your personality and your personhood. You haven't told me any of this. You've been keeping this from me. <laughs> We're supposed to become one person. Have you been trying to be one person this whole yeah. time? <gasps> I've been trying to be more emotional. No, I've been taking care of my hair a lot more. Oh, babe. Your hair looks so good. I've been doing it every couple days. <laughs> my hair. So that's my argument is that in a marriage, you're so, yeah. you're an individual, and then you're and, something together. To me, and I think that's a good point. But my my Thank rebuttal you. to your rebuttal, my initial fictitious <laughs> rebuttal, right. is that being an individual person doesn't mean having an, your own bank account right. and like you can be making a, spending decisions on your own. Well, this is where it comes full circle because this is where I still very much agree with our position, but I just see it differently than you, which is not to freaking judge other people for what they do, but just to say this is why we do the way that we do, which is that. I love the ability, like, first of all, I love being a team. Like, yeah. I love that mentality of like. It's so much easier to win with a teammate. It is. And, and. In this, this game of life. And this thing happens where when it all goes into the same pot, you do just sort of, you stop keeping score. Yeah. Because you just go, it's all in the same well, pot. Well, you do. You actually do keep keeping score, but it's a score together. So then you both feel like you're contributing to the overall score as opposed to having two separate scores and then like right. this kind of like nebulous score right. in the, the score, middle. The score is just what can you achieve together? How many zeros can we get in our bank account? <laughs> All the figs. Three. So I love that about it. And I also was going to say that the reason I love it is for the reason... The reason you love what specifically? That we're... That combining everything. Okay, gotcha. Is for the reason that you brought up 
fictitiously mm-hmm. that I brought up that you brought up, yeah. which is that it forces you to be overly communicative about your purchases, about yeah. your wants, about your needs, about how you're feeling. Like in my fictional scenario, the way that it goes sep- differently in, in the way that we have our um, finances set up. Hello train. There's the train is I say, Hey, I know that we just talked about this at our weekly budget meeting, which we do, which we'll talk about. I'm sure. Yeah. Jason, I know we just talked about this at our weekly budget meeting that we don't have a ton of money for like discretionary things, but I am feeling so just like depleted right now. And I need a little bit of self-care and I think getting my nails done would make me feel relaxed and joyful. And I would love, you know, and it's not in that conversation. Like I'm asking for permission. Right. It's just that I'm communicating why I'm going to make this choice. And then it forces you to like, even, even if you may in your heart be like, Oh, we just had this conversation. I don't want her to spend this money on this thing. We're trying to save up whatever the, the things may be, you know why I'm doing it. And you're like, of course you want your wife to be happy and like take care of herself and feel good. And so in that moment, it offers us an opportunity to like understand where each other are at. Yeah. And I that think it's not correct grammar, but you know what I'm saying? No, I think it becomes, so there's, there's a, an interesting, uh, like side hustle, mm, like a sideshow of the commingling of finances. And that sideshow is the weekly budget meeting that you've talked about. Yeah. And what I think is really important is that in having a budget meeting more than once a month or once a quarter, like a very active budget meeting, which we do every single Friday, a very structured budget meeting, very structured budget meeting. But if you start with the budget meeting, so if you start with setting up the categories of spending that you have, if you start with saying, here are the things that we spend money on, here are the things that we value, here are the things that we are going to continue to spend money on or save for, are you? here's what happens mm-hmm. is you have conversations about things like self care and you go, Hey, um, I'm being you in this scenario. Hi. Um, I sometimes feel a little overwhelmed, but it's not that often. It's like every three months. Am I a Muppet? <laughs> um, well, sometimes I feel better. It's going to a Muppet place. Uh, uh, Carol. Oh, oh my God. It's going, am I Kermit? <laughs> uh, sometimes I like getting my nails done, and I just want to get them done, you know, like when I want and not to be judged for it. <laughs> For anybody listening to that and not watching this, you, that was just uh, an adventure in there. They're like, what happened? The way. Yeah. The look on your face was such a little kid. I'm just, so proud of yourself. Well, that I can do multiple Muppet variations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's come back around here. <laughs> so the budget meeting, starting the budget meeting. So what you do is instead of getting to a place where you go, okay, we're commingling our finances. We have one joint bank account. We're getting rid of our personal accounts. And now we have these weird conversations that come up about going to get my nails done. Uh, 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 you go, we're going to do a joint bank account. We're going to do this, but first we're going to set up a budget Mm -hmm. and we are going to talk about all of our expenses. And the best way to do this is to basically go through your credit cards, go through your bank account, put all your expenses in a spreadsheet, go over them all together, one by one, line by line and discuss with each other. Hey, is this something we need to keep spending money on? Is this something we need to prioritize for? And so for us, something like getting your nails done, we basically have a health and self-care budget which is essentially, I think, like 
500 bucks a month because it includes well our, it includes our gym memberships and it includes stuff our like gym that. membership and stuff like that but there is room in there for getting the nails done for and truthfully it's like going to the spa every six months i think is what it is like that's why it's 500 a month because you get a spa and there's like a little bit more expensive but when you do that so then when the conversation about the nails come up it's so much less friction. It's so much less right, judgment. Because you've it's, already set the rules you've together. You've already set the rules together. Now, I will say that there are you're never going to catch all of the things. Right. So you're going to come up with some stuff that's like, hey, we didn't talk about this in the budget. And what that, how that comes up is instead of having your own account and you kind of sneak off and you buy this thing and then you come back and then you have like an awkward conversation of like, well, why'd you go and do that? Like, we, it's not in our budget. We didn't talk about it. You come to the person first and you have that conversation. You go, hey, um, in our health and, you know, whatever budget, like we have, you know, about a hundred extra dollars every month. Mm-hmm. I really want to go and get like, you know, upside down facial. And I'd be like, wow, what is that? That sounds like Urban Dictionary type stuff. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but the don't, second it came out of your mouth, I was like, don't look it up. I don't think so. Also, this lighting is going to be wonderful. You're going to hate Just it. Just cloud cover for days. Guys, if the colors look weird, it's because Jace had a hard time color correcting. Um, It was perfectly clear when we started recording now. It's overcast. Anyway, it doesn't matter for the podcast do listeners. A, to, do you have a finishing thought? Because I have a thought. Yes. So my finishing thought is... Before you even start the conversation of commingling finances, when you're going down that path, one of the most important things you can do is set a budget yeah. and go through the exercise of downloading all your expenses from your credit cards, from your banks, look at everything together, create an average spend over the past three months of categories mm-hmm. of things. And you can come up with those on your own because they're going to be different for everyone, but include some of that stuff that's a little bit more of gluttonous is not the right word, but it's like indulgent. Indulgent. Thank you. You're welcome. Of stuff that's like, yeah, I don't need this every month. And what I characterize as indulgence is stuff that brings you just pure joy. That's not practical. Right. And it's also something that you don't like, you get your nails done once every four months. Like it's not like an every week thing. It's not an every month. But if it was, and we decided that it was in the budget, that'd be fine. And if there was, and I think that that's where we really, and we'll get into this, but it's, it's, you really start to talk about some of these things that you're spending money on and Mm -hmm. going, but do you actually need to do that every month? Okay. So the other thing that I want to bring up to you though, because as you're saying that I'm thinking to myself, but what if you as a couple have just decided that you both have personal bank accounts that you keep, you know, hundred bucks in or whatever. And that's almost like your budget for your own discretionary spending. And you just want to be able to have that without explaining it to anyone. Yeah. I just don't think it's necessary. I mean, I, I understand the, can you understand how somebody that would work for some people? Um, I understand the theory of it. I just think that keeping money separate from someone else's view or feeling like you have to keep it to yourself. I guess the answer there too, is that the bigger problem is why do you feel judged? Right. And if you're not having the conversations to actually go through those things and understand like, why do you need an extra, like, why do you need a hundred dollars on the side to go and spend without mm-hmm. my judgment? Because the bigger conversation there is why am I judging you? Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, so it's like, is that something that's wrong with me? Right. Is that something that's wrong with you? Is it something we need to discuss together? Not something that's wrong with you. Just something. It's just something that needs exploring. to be discussed. Yes. Right. Okay. Language so, matters. Okay. Yes. Wait, can I bring up another point? Yes. Gosh, train again. You got to salute it every time. Man, this is just a real. You, I think you salute right hand or left hand. Do you know? Well, it depends on what hand that you are. For you. It depends on what hand you are. No, it doesn't. Does it? What? Anyway, okay. go on. Um, another thing that I really want to talk about though, that I think is worth mentioning that we sometimes take for granted 
is a little bit of the power dynamic that I was telling you about where the period of time where I was bringing in significantly less money than you were and you were so great, which was that you never held it over my head. You never made me feel like, for instance, I could see how if our finances were separate at that time and I wanted to get my nails done or no, if they were together at that time and I wanted to get my nails done and I'm contributing basically nothing to our household and you're contributing everything, I could see how you could be like, that's my money and you're going to go spend it on nails and that could create an issue. Um, You never did that. You really had this mentality that was like, the second that it's in our bank account, it's ours and we're going to, you know, make decisions together. And I really appreciated that because it could have caused a lot of friction in our relationship to feel constantly like I was in your debt or something like that. But I think that's the point of it. Thank you, by the way. But I think that's the point of a committed relationship. Like that's the thing that blows my mind Yeah. when people are like, oh, we can't commingle finances. Like it would be a nightmare. Like, what do you mean it would be a nightmare? Aren't you guys in this together? Like it doesn't matter if one person makes zero dollars and the other person makes a hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever the number is. You're together. Plus, so it's, it's yeah, all... you, you picked that person not because of the financial gain that Unless they were. Unless you gonna... picked them because of the financial gain. Maybe you did, <laughs> but I think in, to your point, the way the way maybe around that, if you're somebody who is is the breadwinner and you're having a hard time feeling like this other person is not bringing much to the relationship, trying to view it like you picked this person to spend your life with because they had all these qualities that you felt brought value to your life you know, that you enjoyed spending time with them. And so maybe their contribution is not financial, right. but it's in but all these also, other ways. That's a discussion that you have to have as a couple. True. Like, and it's a conversation. Oh God, you hate it. This is, is, sorry for podcast listeners. The lighting is just, just a mess. Gnarly. Um, and this may be a very distracting episode with all these things that I can't not talk about because I know. I'm so honest. Side note, because I'm hurting, I'm slowly like evolving into like a <laughs> troll. So you got to keep looking so, at yourself and untroll. I know. So, you, so if you're watching, you're getting the visual of me untrolling yeah. myself. Untrolling. Um, no, what I was going to say is I just feel like there's a much bigger problem at hand in relationships where if, if money is not something that you can just see as this is just a part of our relationship. It's not a determining factor of who's better or right. who's more important. It's not the currency with which you judge each it's other. It's literally a societal thing that we have all made up and we've agreed that we've moved on from beaver pelts and now we're at dollars in our bank account and beaver it's just pelts. digits on a screen and yeah. yet it causes so much strife and controversy. And that's not to say that we don't run into that a little bit here and there, but I think compared to the majority of people, not that I have all the data to back this up, but I just have an inherent feeling about it because you hear other conversations of other people. I mean, we have almost no arguments about money ever. And I really firmly believe it's because we set a standard up front of what it means. We're in this together. We're not keeping score. And we just make every decision together. Right. And we just view it through that radical, like honesty that I was talking about. Um, we did for a while have this rule. So going back to the, like the feeling free to make your own decisions, we did for a while have this rule. Do you remember where it was like anything over a hundred dollars we would consult each other on, but anything under you could just like, if I see a cool new marker set on Amazon and I want to buy it, I can buy it. You buy the most frivolous stuff. Marker set. Yeah. But we don't really adhere to that. We just sort of, because I think it's more along the lines of, so, and this is just when you're in a relationship longer. I guess maybe we do. I mean, I just think when you're in a relationship longer, you get into habits, you get into like certain things. And I think it also has so much to do with the mindset of enough. Yeah. We're at this place where 
We don't need we're fancy not, jewelry. Right. We and we're not need, buying a lot of stuff. Either. I don't need a new pair of shoes all the time when they come out. Like, sure, I like seeing the new pair of LeBrons or whatever, Like, but like, I just don't need them. Like, yeah. I, I don't play basketball anymore. Like, it would just be weird for me to buy them. But I think there's so much stuff in, in, in relationships in general where when you don't establish that enough thing together people get stuck and they're like, yeah, but I want to have this and I don't have this. So I'm going to go get it. And now that our money's together, you're going to judge me if I get it. It's like, no, the root of the problem there is that you have not decided together what it is that's enough for you to be happy. Right. In which case you keep trying to fill that void with stuff. And this is the like money doesn't buy happiness. This is a very clear example of that phrase. Whereas when you are in it together, when you understand the things that you spend money on, on the reg, you know, on an average basis, then there's no real surprises. And then when yeah. there are surprises, when there are things like a marker set that comes out that's just like, ooh la la, $16 on Amazon. Um, I think what happens with us and what we've evolved to as a couple is we just bring it up to the other person. We're just like, hey babe, I'm gonna grab a couple things on Amazon. It's this, this, and this. And I don't even think it's brought up as I have to back up my decision. Right. As much as it's just to be honest with the other person of like, yeah. I don't want you to see this and see there's a surprise like I hit it. I'm just letting you know that. Right. It's never asking for permission. It's just communicating. Right. So that's important. I think also it's really important if you're in a relationship, like I don't think we did this on purpose, but I think it was something valuable that happened over time. If you're in a relationship with someone who has very different perspective on money than you do to find some sort of common ground and communicate about that rather than constantly being in like yeah. battle with each other because when we met, we did have very different sort oh, of sure. approaches to money. Whereas you were very good at recognizing that money can bring you great experiences and it, things are worth spending money on. And, and I the, was like pinching every penny. And you're always going to make more money. Right. You had yeah. like very much an abundance mindset and I had very much a scarcity mindset of like, save it all. Don't spend money on anything like buy the cheapest stuff. And then I would, this is, I think the weird reverse psychology thing of when you don't have a lot of money, you sacrifice so much and you hold so much to the chest that then you'll go on like, uh, you know, a shopping spree at like a discount place like TJ Maxx or something. And you end up spending hundreds of dollars that way because you're, because you're depriving yourself versus if you would spread that out a little bit more and just have more of an abundance mindset and be okay with letting some of that go eating at a nicer place or spending money on a trip or something like that you're not constantly in this place where you feel deprived, but it's very important. I feel in a relationship to talk about that stuff and to come to some sort of joint agreement on when, when you want to spend money, what you, I mean, I think that's the values conversation, right? What, what is worth spending money on? Like we as a couple value travel, we as a couple don't value things. We would rather spend more money on a trip than on shopping. So we're going to, even if we want the cool new, this that we see, we're going to talk it out and be like, ultimately we don't need that. You know, what's the cool new, this marker set. It's cool. I'm just kidding. I was thinking like a coat. Just like a coat. Because it's fall. It's yeah. like a cool Remember when I bought coat. my previous girlfriend the same coat uh, from <laughs> a birthday to that. a Christmas? <laughs> you were a gem before I met you. I'm also a good gift giver. I think in general I'm a pretty good gift giver. You think giver. she liked it twice? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. think she liked it two times as much. That was the whoopsies. That was not meant to be. That's like a classic I screwed up boyfriend move. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I have a lot of the I mean, especially in gift giving, I don't no, have those. You, but that's where you realize you're not with the right person. Um, do you want to take <laughs> a question? Code. That was the, the a question flag. from uh, from the, the audience? audience. I think we have a lot more we want to talk about with this, but maybe this will lead into some of the places we're gonna go anyway. Well, I think we already talked about this a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of put a Nice bow on it. Um, by Melissa Claire asked us. Hold on, hold on. What? 
Hello, at, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Also, thanks for being a Wandering Aimfully member. You're awesome. At by Melissa Claire. Is maintaining your own sense of financial independence important for you? And I guess our answer is no. Not anymore. And honestly, I think for me, when we started dating, when we started to like, especially when you started working for me and it was just like funneling money, like Around. it was almost like a, it was almost like an offshore banking scheme I was running, you know, it was just, onshore. but I got no really? benefits. It was onshore. Financial. Taxed. I got relationship benefits. Well, sure. Certainly. Starbucks. Really. Starbucks. Um, but no, I, and I think that for me, it just, it never really mattered. Like as we yeah. started to get like working together, like the thing that especially is where we've gotten today. So fast forward a couple years beyond that. I just feel so good that we're working on the same things together and it's all going into one pot and that pot is benefiting our livelihoods. Yeah. And I would say that it was harder for me because for a long time I equated financial independence. I think women, we have this thing, right? Where like our moms taught us, like at least my mom did growing up. It was like, don't rely on a man. Like, cause that was their, the same thing. that was the, Exactly. <laughs> Don't you rely on a man. But, you know, their generation, like, I think that was a little bit of the culture of that generation, which was like, you're the wife and blah, blah, blah. And so there was this like backlash for that where my mom and also my mom like being divorced and stuff and was like, Don't put all your eggs in this basket. Like, you need to be financially independent, a strong, independent woman, you know, cue the song or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my honey. Anyway. Nice. Um, and so I had this like mindset that, once I started to make money with Made Vibrant, I had such a hard time letting go of keeping that separate. Um, or, and really, because I still have that bank account, but it was really about tr just transferring money out of that. And I had such a hard time doing that because for me, it represented being a successful business person, like being able to do that on my own. And we had so many discussions where you were like, why are you measuring your like worth as a entrepreneur or your worth as a person on this number that you see in a bank account, you know, right. like why is it not by the livelihood that you're able to live with me together because of that business, you know? And so to answer the question, I think it was important for me at a time, but slowly, but surely I was able to let go of that and recognize that to what you said, which is as long as we're contributing to a livelihood as a team together, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. We both benefit. Yeah. Good question, Melissa. Great question. It. All right. Keep going with questions. You want another one? Yeah, sure. I like this one a lot um, because we've talked a little bit about dating in the beginning, but at a wildflowers journey. Hello. 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 Says, how do you prepare when you're single? So what questions are good to ask when you're like in the dating, the dating phase, how to bring that up to make sure that that person on We're the same page. so far removed from this. From dating? You got do a you even remember? You got a bumble tender. That's all I know. A bumble tender. A bumble tender. Okay. Those are two separate dating apps, Yes, they are. Right? Yeah. But I think she brings up a good point. And I think, I mean, I think obviously if you're going to ask like some of the hard hitting questions right in the beginning, you're going to freak people out. Yeah. But I would say to pay attention to some of those moments, like the who's getting the bill conversations and that type of thing, um, or use that as maybe an opportunity to kind of talk about it. Yeah, I think it's also just important to find out if you go, if your values align early uh -huh. on. So you can you can ask things like, hey, what are your goals? Like, what are you what do you want to be doing? Do you have financial goals? And if you start, you know, like, okay, I'll be the woman in this relationship, and then I'll also be the man in this potential Great. relationship. And you're on or a date, woman and woman, or, or man woman and woman, or man and man, or person and person, or dog and dog, or goldfish and goldfish. Those are all the okay. things. Okay. Um, 
you know, it's like, hey, I'm the woman, and I'm like, hey, uh, where, you know, what do you see yourself doing work-wise? Like, what are your, do you have financial goals you're trying to hit? And the guy's like, uh, yeah, I want to be making 10 mil a year, and then I want to be retired by 45, owning 16 Ferraris. Cool. And very quickly, you're, you, as, the, I love as the woman or the other person, you're like, mm. and you just want to leave immediately, which is great for you to know early on, because you don't run into that later right. on. But I do think in the very far fetched version of my uh, ex- explanation of that, it's just important to have those conversations because if one person is seeking so much more yeah. and constant abundance of money and uh, self-worth with money and you're not that person, you don't have those things, that's going to cause so much trouble. And also, even if you are, it's also going to cause trouble. What's funny about that though, is that you basically did like a very, very extreme caricature of like what you were kind of like when we first started dating. Oh no, for sure. hundred percent. And I think that's, I think that's most men. It is. And, but this is why I'm bringing this up because it's not like you hear something like that and maybe their values don't align with yours and you're like on to the next bumble tender. But if it's that, if it's that far, of course it is that far, but I'm saying, I'm saying if you're not on the same page in the early days, my caveat is to say, to make sure if that person is open-minded, if that person is open to growth, because we were on so opposite ends of the spectrum in so many ways when we first started dating, but we had this bridge of like same sense of humor and same like creativity and wanting to be around each other. And like ultimately this desire to grow. And we, as long as you have that and like a commitment to becoming a better person, there's hope that like you can find common ground. Yeah. And I think that it it boils down to like our real example is I wanted a million dollars in my Mm -hmm. bank account and we just had conversations of like, why? Yeah. And And a lot of it was because MTV Cribs, seriously, like societal pressures for me were like, uh, that's what is important to me. Right. Like I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year because the doctor, that's how you get accepted. Right. And it's, it's like, no, that's not at all what's important. What's important is you do work that you really like and you live a life that you really like and you make enough money for the lifestyle that you actually want and care mm-hmm. about, not that you believe you should have because someone else told you that. And so I think, yeah, my fictitious example that's so far off, but in my personal example, we had conversations a lot early on where it was just like, but why do we need that? Yeah. And like, what do we have to sacrifice if we were going to try to get that? That's not worth it. To, to do those things. Right. And, and that's really where I think we came together. And then we, I think that's really where kind of the spark of our finances coming together, our goals coming together. Yeah. And this keeping score is one unit of a household. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is to look out for, I, I think those very generalized, overly traditional gender roles too, of like, Absolutely. if, if, if you think that, you know, I'm the guy and I'm supposed to bring in all the, the money and you're like those types of like rigid rules and yeah. things. Like I think anytime that you can look for a partner who wants a partnership, truly, I yeah. think that's only going to benefit you down the road. I think those are the relationships that last. Um, and I will just say if you are financially driven and you have reasons to be financially driven and there are certain goals that you want and you can find someone who has similar drive as you. Cool. That's fine too. Like I'm not saying that everyone has to be, like completely live in a yurt. Yeah. Like you don't have to sacrifice everything. You don't have to not make money. We like making money. Making yeah. money is great. It's helpful. It provides a we life. We go to the like. spa every couple months every couple and months. we're not going to apologize for it. But again, it's just trying to align your value. So it was a good question. I, I do like great the way that question. You kind of, um, uh, brought some thoughts up for us. Yeah. There was one more thing I was going to say, but I forgot. So it wasn't that good. Okay. So we have another question, um, that we kind of already went over, but 
uh, Katie Linder. Shout out Katie Linder. Another wandering Wandering Inflame member. member. Hello, Katie. Said, what are the pros and cons of commingling finances? I think it's fair to say we don't find that there's any cons. I would agree with that. All right, pros. Go back and forth? Sure. All right. Um, opportunity to talk honestly about your values. Boring. Single credit cards for maximum travel reward points. Great point, babe. Thank you. Um, a more balanced power dynamic. Uh, you can attack bigger goals financially together as opposed to separately, which takes longer. Great point. Thank you. Your points are also great. I'm just not going to say great No point. arguing or thinking over who pays for what. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, much easier, like, budget meetings and tax things at the end of the year. Yeah, all these are all good points. <laughs> uh, okay, that's it. All right, last one. That was good. Uh, okay, cool. So thank you, Katie, for that. Let's go. We have two more questions, and then we'll wrap this commingling thing up. We have a small mammal who is just... Co- going through the cord forest. Cord forest. Okay. Uh, and our last question comes from Latosh. Nope, we have two more questions, Sorry. ladies and gentlemen. This is how our relationship goes. Doesn't always listen. Listening uh, is, I have one more question on my paper. There you go. Our dog is rummaging. Okay. Uh, Latasha Doyle asks. Also, this is kind of awesome because these questions were asked actually before, before these folks became on Gameplay members, which is cool. Um, how do you manage variable... Also, shout out Latasha. What's up? Latasha, what's up? How do you manage variable incomes... Since you are both not traditionally employed, which I really like this question, I tend to find that mingling finances is better when you have variable incomes because you are able to balance out the lack of predictability with somebody else. Like, I remember when we were... um, Just slowly walk. Her dog is just so. This is the slowest is he like, has ever he's walked like in his meandering life. Meandering around the house, dragging <laughs> his paws on the hardwood floor. So she's like, ksh, ksh. but it, like our dog has never walked slower. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What I was gonna say is there was a time when we our businesses were separate, but our finances were together. So when I was doing made vibrant or whatever, and if you had like you know, a speaking gig come through or something. And I was having an off month on sales that could balance out. Or if I had a big uh, course launch that could, or you had a couple courses that ended up on AppSumo, which was a really nice chunk of change when those things got paid out, they would pay out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think to answer Latasha's question, um, really the most important thing is setting that budget from the beginning. So you understand what your expenses are every single month uh, on an average. And so that you can really project out and know like, am I going to be making enough money over the next couple months? to cover my expenses. If I'm not, I need to make some changes. I need to figure out how to make more money. I need to figure out how to spend less money. Um, both of those are the equation that you want to go for together to make the most and maximum impact. With right. And, w- and just the last thing I'll add is when you do that with a partner and you both have variable income, it also allows you to make different business decisions based on if you know that person has let's say an income stream that is somewhat predictable or a course that you know is going to do well, you can maybe afford to take a little bit more of a risk on a project that you aren't sure is going to bring in money. And we did that a lot where it was like, okay, I know that you're set on this one, like an AppSumo payout or something like that for the month of October. So maybe that's what I'm going to launch my experimental monthly membership magazine or whatever. And truthfully, that is why Wandering Aimfully exists as it does. And it's why we've created a monthly membership program. And it's why we've basically tried to combine everything together is because it gives us that consistent revenue every single month. Predictability. And then if we want, once we meet our enough goals, which we're setting for ourselves and we're trying to hit in the next year, 
then we can do anything else we want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So He thought this would also be a good time just to play with some flamingo. <laughs> or dog. Uh, he's just rummaging around, and that's fine. All right, so last question here, and then we're going to do... We Googled that for you. Oh, we Googled it. Last question you. comes from Pam... Hello, Pam. Pam. Pam Laguna, would you say? I don't think I've ever said like, Pam's, yeah. Pam's last name. Laguna. Also a wandering aim flame member. Pam Laguna, two L's if you want to look her up. She's super creative, by the way. Not that all these people aren't creative, but Pam's like, she is creative for a job. She said, do you have a personal budget on top of your joint budget? No. And I think that this... We kind of answered on, this. <laughs> Plaxico is like so bored with our finance conversation. He's like, I can't handle this anymore. Everyone is riveted, Plaxico. Yeah, riveted. Stop. Stop. Plaxico, it's not time. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be... Jason put a, his toy in the bed and he got it out. Yeah. That, <laughs> there it is. There it is. I actually am going to leave this in because I want everyone to just have a realistic look at what it means to work from home to try and get things like this done. Like, oh, how do you guys just set up your podcast recording setup with three cameras and two microphones and Carol has shingles and it's a little <laughs> bit hot in here and the lighting keeps changing like crazy and your dog just all of a sudden wants to play <laughs> to with this fair, flamingo. To be fair, this is like the time of day where he likes to play. So it it's, is, it's it really is. the human's fault. Yeah, it is. Okay, so getting back to Pam's question. To Pam's question, we, I feel, answered this a little bit, which is we don't. Yeah. We have a general, we have categories of spending, like shopping or health and personal care, things that you would consider personal expenditures, but they're joint budgets. And I will say, like, just for one quick example that I think is really fun to bring up is, um, and I think this happens in lots of couples, lots of relationships, is shopping for clothes. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of just... Uh, random, oh, I'm going to go buy stuff and I'm at Target and you go in for toilet paper you end up with $600 worth of things as you do. Um, but you can feel guilt about shopping and especially clothes shopping. And we have been down this road a couple times and what we finally decided was we typically buy clothes twice a year it's about $1,000 total for right. each of us, so $500 each, basically. Like, we're not those that spend a couple hundred bu bucks a month every no. month. No, it's just, it's usually we two like times a year. We like to buy bulk. Because we don't own that many clothes, so we wear through them. Yeah. Uh, so what we found is that if we do, we go shopping in spring, and we go shopping in the fall, those are our two big kind of shopping things, but we have the budget together... And then what we found, so we were cool with that. Like we set up this monthly budget, but then we found that for you, it was good to have the basic stuff yeah. and that's what you shop for. And I for. do replenish and I sort of have like a capsule wardrobe situation. But, and, and as a man, uh, I did not relate to this as just a person who doesn't really care that much about fashion. Like I like to look good in clothes, but it doesn't really do anything for yeah. me. You preferred to have like a wardrobe that was new and different and unique, but we didn't want to spend money on the clothes. So we found Le Tote, yep. which is a clothes renting company, essentially. Yep. They send you a box. You can get, I think yours is like the unlimited boxes per month, which yeah. is $100 per month. So it actually works out to, in a year, $1,000. Yep. Um, and this has become, I think, one of the best things that you've done for your wardrobe because you can get a box, you pick out all your stuff, you get this fun jewelry and yeah. tops and blouses. I get, I get the feeling of like a shopping spree, like new stuff and to like pair with basics. And cause a lot of my, my staples are like basic pieces. So it makes me feel like I can have creative expression with my wardrobe, 
but I'm not buying something and then falling out of love with it in three months and it sits in my closet and I never wear it again. Yeah. And so I just think that's a really good example of, I was excited yeah, for you to have exactly. that. $100 per month was not breaking the bank because of how we separate out our shopping. Our shopping is very fixed for the most part, unless it's something that comes up that we agree on and we talk right. about. Um, so yeah, I just think things like that where you can find some personal satisfaction with each other also really helps to not feel like you have to have a personal budget for right. things. And also if you're feeling guilty about your shopping, Ask yourself if it's guilt based on your like partner putting that on you or if it's guilt because you don't need these things and you know you won't wear them. Or third category, <laughs> it's guilt that you think because your partner's judging you, but you haven't actually asked them if they're judging you. Or guilt that you think society is putting on you, but... Oh my gosh, there's so much there's guilt. There's so much don't guilt. Don't have guilt. You're fine. You're it's fine. fine. Don't, Unless don't you guilt. are putting it on credit cards and you don't have the money to pay for no, it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, okay, I think I want to wrap up Commingly Finances with one final thing, which is just essentially our idea of how our money flows. Because we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, sure. but I think it'd be fun to bookend with this. Sure. So we have... Uh, our main business, Wandering Aimfully, but we also have a couple other business things. We have some other courses and books and other stuff that, that provides money. But basically the idea is it all funnels in, yes, through our two separate business accounts, but it's one lump sum of money that we look at in a spreadsheet. And so we have a spreadsheet and every month we total up all of these things and we go, here is the amount of income that we've made Correct. as a household. Correct. So it's working together. So Correct. I'm just, I'm saying this if in case anybody's sitting here going, I don't do anything. How does this work? Just tell me how you guys are doing this. Yeah. So we look at everything together. We have our budget. Wait, can I say something that's important? Sure. If the it's way important. the way that that stuff flows. So if you think of uh, think of this whole thing like a machine, and the two kind of like funnels that catch money coming in are my business bank account and your yeah. business bank account. But what happens is they'll that money will just stay there if you never do anything with it. So we have minimums right. for each one of those business bank accounts. I typically I think. I, my Yours is as low as $1,500. As now. low as $1,500 I keep in that business account to pay for business expenses. At all times. At all times. Yours is more like $3,500. Yeah. And so we that's our like line that we don't go below that. So we keep that money there. And any excess over those lines, we flow that into our household account. And then the idea is, so we have all of our income in that spreadsheet. And we actually use an air table for this. Um, and then you have all of your expenses as well yes. in that as a separate sheet. And those get all added up every single week. We do them and we have categories for everything. Correct. And eventually I think we're going to write a full article on how we manage yeah. our money. And we all have that categories stuff. with budgets yep. for each. Yep. And so then you basically go, okay, I made this much income. I had this much expenses, uh, this many expenses. Here's what's either left over or what's owed. And I either need to, hey, hey, come on, man. Come on. Bad decisions. He's trying to go through not Just a good the area most board. corded area of the setup. Our dog is trying to traverse that and it's not going well. So uh, you have either positive money or you have negative money or you're breaking even. And a lot of times we do break even. A lot of times yeah, we do sometimes. Uh, make less money than we thought and sometimes we make more. Uh, and then we have, as we talked about at the very beginning, we have this external bank account, which becomes our basically like our savings account. So anything that's over or what we need to pay in taxes gets transferred into that account. Correct. Uh, and so the idea is money comes in through businesses, business money flows into our joint account. We pay our bills, we do all of our expenses, all our things. And then 
anything over that goes into our savings account or our tax paying or what it used to be called as our debt crusher because we got out of that debt. That was how we paid our debt. Account. And truthfully, if we're doing really well, our goal is always to transfer 30% of what we make in a week over to the savings account. Yeah, and that's kind of changing because with Wandering Aimfully and our recurring money, we now are going to have more predictable income, so it'll right. be much easier to do that. But as of right now, that's kind of our goal. We don't always hit it. This year has been For, tough to hit it because exactly. we've been building a new business. But last year, it was much easier to hit that because we were doing well and we didn't have any uh, debt or anything. So it was nice. Yeah. Uh, but it is an ebb and flow. And I want to point that out too. Like you don't, you don't ever, at least I haven't seen it, set it and forget it Right. with your budget, with your finances and your planning and your spreadsheets and all that stuff. It's something you have to look at constantly because it will change and you will need to manage it. And I love doing our weekly budget meeting, which maybe we'll do. Do uh, you love it? I don't love it, <laughs> but I love that we do it because it also is an opportunity I think very few couples ha set an opportunity for them to discuss big issues in their relationship on a constant basis. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like it usually you're talking about big things in your relationship when there's a fight or when there's a, a right. catalyst or when there's an impasse and all of a sudden you find yourself in this conversation that's about this bigger things. So it's always sort of set off by like not a negative situation, but like a problem. Yep. And by having this weekly budget meeting, yes, we talk about money, but inevitably we talk about values. We reconnect. Like we talk about the bigger things in our relationship and it's sort of a standing meeting in order to like reconnect. And it sounds silly, but I really do think that that goes a long way in the health of a relationship. Totally. And you made me think of another thing. I know we want to wrap up here, but it just made me think of another We're thing. Long -winded. We were buying a Tesla model three, which Two years ago, we made the commitment to do that and we started kind of saving up a little bit on the side and kind of creating this little Tesla fund. But we would talk about it almost every week and yeah. go, is this still something we wanna do? Can we afford this? And there were many weeks when we were like, I think if we got the email today, we would not buy it. We would ask for our money back because we don't have the money to do it. Yeah. And then we got into a better place and then we got into like conversation. We got excited about it. Our car started to feel like it was getting a little bit older. So it just felt good. But again, it's that type of discussion where it doesn't come up all of a sudden out of nowhere and go, hey, let's buy a yeah. Tesla. And you broadside the other person in your relationship. Right. Not to blind mention. Blindside them? Broadside them? Blind both? something? Don't just don't side people. Bro don't broad or blind or side them. Don't Any of side those three them. words. Don't do it. Also important there to touch on something that we mentioned throughout the episode is that cars, speaking of like the clothes thing that you don't really understand, cars are a thing that you love that it was hard for me to understand why you'd pay so much money for a car. Right. And I didn't understand that that was a thing that brought you immense joy and you love taking care of it and you love driving it and you're the person who drives 90% of the time, 95% of the time in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the constant communication gave us an opportunity for me to come around to understanding even if it wasn't a value of mine to understand why it was a value of yours. And that's what I mean about like finding a way to meet in the middle. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, all right. Well, we hope this episode was helpful, but before we finish it, we got to talk about Google and stuff for you. Do you use it on my phone? I think it's it? brought up. Okay. I'm gonna, but I already know the answer. I'm so. going to hand Caroline my phone in case she needs it. So okay. if this is your first time listening, we have a segment of our show called We Googled That For You. Caroline made an acronym, and it's WUGUGTFI. WUGUGTFI? It's We're not, not sure. It's not actually an acronym she made up. I made it up. She hates it. But I bring it up every episode because fun. So this week, this episode, uh, you're going to bring me something. I may or may not know what it is. Most likely not. I'm going to try and give you an answer. That's how we do this around here. And then you're going to tell the folks at home or wherever they are what this is so that they can tell their friends and they sound really cool. A little tidbit. I don't know where this one came from. Totally random. Okay. But why do we have middle names? Oh, man. At least in American culture. All right. Well, we have middle names because 
early on. Earlier than uh, now? It, like in the Crusades. Oh. Yeah, it was around the Crusades. Uh, they decided that there were just too many people named John. Inevitably. Inevitably. And so you're in the Crusades, as you are, and it's terrible. It's a terrible time. Hard times. And then all these Johns were dying. And I don't mean that in Johns is like a... You know, Law like and Order a, SVU type. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah not like that kind <laughs> okay. of John. Uh, but all these guys named John were yeah. dying. These kids even named John were dying in the Crusades. Yeah. Hello, train. And <laughs> Salute. Did you salute? Oh, I didn't. Sorry. Hello. Um, all these Johns were dying and they couldn't identify whose John was which. Mm. So like a mom would go like, where's my, where's John? my John? And they're like, isn't that your John? <laughs> this is really, as I'm saying this out loud, John was a great general name. <laughs> and then no it took saying, a turn. Yeah. But so that, so then they were like, oh, hey, we need to start, you know, if you have kids, give them a middle name. So then we'll know John Paul or John Scott or John, John Scott. Jingleheimer Schmidt. You'll know whose you is yours. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Right. That's a very good Pretty yes. close? So close. No. <laughs> none, none of that is true. I don't even think... <laughs> no. It wasn't the Crusades? That's probably the no, most... No, but you did say Crusades, and there is a nod to the Middle Ages in here, which I just assume is the same thing, and it's I don't think it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, it is. The Middle Ages? That's The Crusades brought us out of the Middle Ages. Do you know I, that for a no, fact? No, I totally made that up. I have no idea. Leave a comment below. Are the Crusades in the Middle Ages? <laughs> They're listening is on a podcast. Different? Is There's it no like the Jurassic period and the pre There's no place to period? comment. They're listening on a podcast. On, a, on their phone. They're in their you car. You don't know that. They send could be us, watching the video. You call us and tell us if, what's going Can on. Can you send us a postcard? Can you fax <laughs> us? Okay. So. Middle names came middle from. Came, middle names came from. So first of all, in ancient Rome is like kind of when it was early documented. Having multiple names was just an honor for the most important people like Gaius mm, Julius Caesar. Got it. Okay. But the fad basically died out for a while. And then in the 1700s, it was brought back up in Crusades. Western cultures. Is that the Crusades? Stop no no, Stop pretending you know what the Crusades are and or when were yeah. when they were. You do not know. I don't know how, when, where, why. Do you I, know what the Crusades were? War. Holy wars. Holy war? They were holy wars. Cool. Most wars are holy wars. I mean, wars. not cool, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel cool. I mean, cool just like about yeah. that stuff. Okay. So in the 1700s, when aristocrats started giving their children lavish long names to indicate their place in society. So you mm, see like royalty has like mm. a, a bunch of names, right? But then similarly, lengthy Spanish and Arabic names adopt paternal or maternal names from previous generations to trace the individual's family tree. I found this out. That's pretty cool. I actually think, uh, I'm not going to say which culture it is because I'm not <laughs> I sure. Think, uh, <laughs> but I, I do believe that in some, I want to say Hispanic cultures, you the sometimes the hyphen is so that you include the maternal last mm, surname. That's interesting. To like keep to like keep that as a part of the name. If you, if you if that's wrong, correct me. I'm happy to be corrected. With a postcard. With a postcard. Um, ba, 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 ba. I think it's good. No, I want. Oh, there's it. more. There's more. Oh wow. Okay. Bonus. But then the three-name structure used today began in the Middle Ages when Europeans were torn between giving their child a saint's name or a common family name. So that's, they would uh, give like a saint, you know, like a uh, holy name yeah, and yeah. then a, fi- like a family saint name. St. Thomas Aquinas. Yep. And then um, bringing it all the way up to like American culture, it branched to America as immigrants arrived. I think this is interesting. Oh. So adopting a trio of labels became a way of aspiring to a higher social class. And then... Um, 
by the Civil War, it was customary to name your child whatever you liked. Like they just were like, forget about all that right. stuff. Um, and middle names had started to become more or less official by World War One, when the U.S. enlistment form became the first official government document to include a space for them. Huh. So then it was like, oh, people are doing this. We're just gonna. And then, but the reason I bring this up, you may find this interesting, you may not, but it's something that we take for granted, like so easily. Like, okay, yeah, we all have middle names it's in also, America. Yeah. But you're like, why? why? Yeah. When? I mean, I, I think I when. think I gave the answer. Also, this is a, a fun. I don't did. I don't know if you saw this tweet that I had a little while ago. I don't follow you. That I wanted to. I'm I need to, um, That I wanted to get rid of my middle name and replace it with an emoji. You keep saying this, and I think you think it's funny and cool, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I think it's very silly and very not stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> your brain said not stupid, but your mouth said stupid. So I think inside, you think it's a great idea. Also, why would look, you do that? Why not? You're. Can I tell you why you're the my most? My name sucks. I hear that, but guess what? Also sucks. Being a weirdo with an emoji for my name. <laughs> why? Here's why you're on the, a form. I could draw no. it every time. <laughs> <laughs> Write your full name, please, Does Jason. Have and a yellow then, marker? And then Wait. I'm drawing the llama emoji that's coming. Here's the weirdest. Yeah. Here's the weirdest thing about you. Yeah. <laughs> you hate so many things about like millennial culture or like new fangled <laughs> trendy things. <laughs> but then you go and completely reverse all of that. And you're like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to name myself. Like that's something that a stupid millennial would do. <laughs> Don't do that. Aren't you a millennial? Yeah, but you're not. You're not allowed. <laughs> I think at heart I am. Get out of our club. <laughs> not when I have my... Dancing girl, middle name emoji. Okay, now we're oh, talking. Fun. I want to do it. No, you don't. I want to do it. I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to our we show. We love you. We really appreciate it. I actually it. love you. Yeah. Oh, we don't know who you are, but you know. If, but the if, fact that you've listened this far means yeah. you've earned my love. Um, if you want to support our show, you'll notice we don't have sponsors on the show, but we did actually mention uh, a couple people who were wandering Aimfully members. If you haven't checked it out, we do have a membership. It opens for enrollment every month-ish. We only have 30 spots every month. You can join awesomely talented people who are chasing down their dreams, their life goals, and they're establishing what their enough numbers are, their enough business is like. And they're really just working through everything, supporting each other, inspiration. And then there's a lot of resources we have, software and other things, courses and stuff that we've learned and we teach because it's stuff that we know that we've done. And you can get access to that if you go to wanderingainfully.com slash join. Not to mention you get to hang out, hang out with us every day in Slack and yeah. awesome, cool people and see Jason use his use of emojis yeah. being the millennial that he is. I will say that our emoji game is pretty strong in, in this Slack. Slack. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's and really um, we love helping people reach their goals, like Jason said, and we would love to have you join us as well. And if that's not a good fit for you, then just leaving a review on iTunes or on uh, whatever podcast thing you're listening to that may have a review system, that's and super helpful for us. We would really appreciate it. And if that's not a good fit for you, just share the show. Yeah. Just tell a friend. Yeah, just... Just literally post on Facebook, Wandering Aimfully, the show. Don't link. Don't nothing. link. <laughs> just, and people are like, what? what? What's going Google? on? Google? All right. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. All right. We're going to do an intro. Yerp. <laughs>